0: What is going on guys and welcome back to another episode of the Fit Shit Podcast. I am so excited uh, to be joined today by Miss Stephanie. If you guys have not seen all of the things going on in the bodybuilding industry right now, it is a hot topic uh, discussing extreme protocols, reckless things, um, and just not educating clients on protocols, pushing peds, um, and not even supplementing appropriately with those. Um, and so you know I'm really excited to have her here today and talk about her story. She has done some stuff on Instagram as well as other interviews, so I encourage you guys to check that out and I will plug all of her information below. Uh, but Miss Stephanie thank you so much for coming on and first uh, tell the viewers a little bit about who you are uh, and what got you into kind of sharing this story of yours.
1: Yes uh, well, thank you so much for um, giving me this platform to speak. Um, so my name is Stephanie Marie. It's Steph on Instagram. I am a IFBB pro. I turned pro in women's physique in 2016. And um, then this year I actually made the switch to female bodybuilding and I placed um, third in my de- um, debut. Uh, the reason that I'm speaking out on this right now is primarily because um, a life was taken too early. Um, a lady in Spain two Sundays ago, actually tragically passed away backstage from, and this is presumably, but it is because she took too much diuretic. Um, And her story really hit home to me because same coach, more than likely similar protocol. I haven't seen the protocol, so I can't speak on that. Um, She passed out backstage like me. I was told medics came over, found out later that they didn't. However, my situation, they did. Um, but she actually ended up passing away tragically. And unfortunately, she left behind um, her husband and two kids. Um, my, myself, I'm my a mother as well. So this resonated really deeply with me. It really it really hit home. And it made me self-reflect. And I thought about my incident. I'll call it an incident. That I was lucky enough to survive. And the reason I say survive now is because there, there's been a casualty. Um, so um, it really kind of made me open my eyes to the fact that my protocol should have taken my life as well, and I'm lucky to be here. And with that being said, I have to speak out on this because if there is even just one person listening that hears my story and sees a protocol similar or sketchy or they're just unsure, unaware, I I want them to be able to recognize and ask questions and hopefully make a better, well-informed decision and not do it.
0: Yeah, and it, and, it is- and just. Yeah, just and trying it,
1: to bring awareness, you know, and um, from that, I think that everyone needs to kind of be more educated before they just take things that their coach gives them. And I think the coach needs to be better educated on writing these protocols and so on. I mean, it comes full circle, it's not just one person at fault or to blame. Um, it takes two to tango. However, um, with that being said, I do think that it is. We hire a coach because they know more than us, right? They should. They should. Yeah. And so we we have a lot of blind trust in them. Um, And as clients and athletes, you know, we want to be coachable. We want to do our best. We just kind of do what we're told. And a lot of times, nine times out of ten, we don't ask questions, you know. And um, that's kind of the awareness piece in this is learning how and when to ask questions and um, how to approach situations like this. And um, just, I think honestly, it comes down
0: to communication, you know? It comes down to a lot of things. And and one thing I really want people to take away from this is um, at least in this conversation, the goal is not to point fingers um, at certain people or make it take away from the principle of the issue because pointing fingers and playing the blame game is not going to help actually address the underlying issue, which is nowhere, right? Which is that we need to be more informed, more educated Um, from the coaching perspective. In my opinion, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, let me find out further information. Let me and say, that I'm not time. comfortable pushing this on you, but I can refer you out to somebody who works with more enhanced levels. Like for me as a coach, you know, I keep it very simple. Um, I'm not well versed in T3 supplementation or anything like that. I don't feel comfortable putting my athletes on that. Um, and so if I have an athlete that's like, hey, I want to do this, I'll say, I, it's beyond me, but I can refer you to someone that I know is well versed in that. And set them up to be successful, but also take care of the integrity of, of what I do as a coach. And I know other coaches that do do that as well. Um, so it's okay to say, I don't know, I need to find out, I need to learn. And from a client's perspective, if a coach is pushing pets on you, um, from the jump, especially if you're a new competitor. And I see this a lot for whatever reason in new bikini athletes um, who have not competed before their first timers or they're coming back for their next season and they don't have enough training age or history to really have maximized their own genetic potential, um, being pushed on peds with no education and no proper supplementation for what their protocols are actually asking them to put their body into a situation that they need to be supplementing with. So Steph, um, I know that you have been in this industry for a long time and you've gone through multiple preps, um, Mm. and you've, you've utilized, you know, enhancements along the way. And so can you tell me a little bit about, you know, how you got into that, where your trust came from with certain coaches and kind of red flags that you notice in hindsight, where you should have been asking more questions.
1: Oh, I got goosebumps. Um, just reflecting real quickly about my journey. So my first, I started competing in 2012, my first three shows, I was completely natural. I would suggest people to reach their maximum natural potential before even considering using the aid. I say aid because it's going to aid you. It's not gonna do everything for you. It's not a fix all or more is better kind of situation when you jump on PDs. Um, Maximize your, your natural potential first. I, my very first thing that I started was HGH and I researched HGH for a solid six months every night before bed to better educate myself, not just on what HGH does in general, but HGH in bodybuilding. So I was better informed and more aware before I went to my source and said, I'm ready to purchase this. And then who taught me the, who has taught me the most about PEDs is my source not my coach, the person actually that I get it from, because this is what they specialize in and do every single day. So that's who taught me the most. And, um, Obviously, I don't. I don't even pretend to act like I didn't do anything wrong here. I wasn't naive or impressionable, or even somewhat maybe manipulated due to being in a deficit and you know not having the energy to even ask questions. Um, I, I take full ownership and responsibility for what I put into my body, absolutely. But I also put responsibility on my coach because there was something written for me to do, and my job is to do it. I don't ask my. I don't ask my boss questions. I don't have a boss, but. Um, For example, if my boss tells me to do something, I don't really ask questions. I just do it. You know what I mean? Um, So that that's kind of where I lie in this kind of situation Um, for any competitor that is new and they think that they're ready to start something um, I'm gonna tell you right now, start with one compound, see how you respond to it and start with something that's mild, but make sure you trust your source and you can even test things now. There are tests for this to make sure because there are a lot of, of counterfeit products. And um, I, I know for sure, like Prima Bolin and Anavar, are highly um, fake. So you just really have to trust your source Do your research, ask questions, um, and then just remember that with anything, it is trial and error, unfortunately, you know, because what works for me might not work for you. What Elena took and passed away with might be a lot less than what I took and survived with.
0: Absolutely. And so one of the biggest things, and I work, I'll say the majority of my athletes are natural, but the ones that choose to go that other route, I—it it is a non-negotiable, number one, blood work needs to be done. Number two, you must be testing every single purchase that you get. Um, because I've seen many, many times and heard horror stories where an athlete will go to purchase Anavar and get D-ball or trembolone or something crazy um, that it is absolutely not supposed to be. Um, the mm-hmm. other thing is not just asking what the Compound is going to do to you, um, but paying attention to dosing. Um, I've seen, and you have a highlight on your your Instagram of crazy clenbuterol uh, protocols and prescriptions. Three, yeah, yeah. And so, you know what what one person can handle. Um, and this is my opinion, and you can elaborate much more on this than I can is minimum effective dose to get the result that you want. And one thing I really like that you said, and it it is very, very true. And this is why I think considering training age history, um, and are you even like a lot of people don't even train um, with progressive overload, they don't understand failure. So if you haven't mastered that element of your training, you don't, you're not ready yet um, to even go that route because it doesn't do the work for you. You still have to work just as hard um, to make that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Um.
1: One thing that I can say is, I think that obviously, just in life in general, everybody wants it now, right? Like, and we're looking for instant
0: gratification.
1: Instant gratification and the passive the path of least resistance. Okay. But you listen. There's no magic pill because if there was, we would all be on that Olympia stage. So don't be so naive. I started a hashtag eyes wide open because we need to open our eyes and not just read, but understand, learn, educate, spread the word. Um, we are a community, so we need solidarity more now, more than ever, instead of pointing fingers and blame and talking about, well, it didn't happen to me. I've only had good experiences, dot, 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 yet. It hasn't happened to you yet. Doesn't mean it won't ever happen to you. It doesn't mean it can't. Um, so don't think that you're invincible to the facts. And again, I'm not here to bash anyone. I simply just want to raise awareness that these protocols exist and you need to be able to look at a protocol and understand that, you know, this is pro- for instance, you're reading it, right? And you might say, I don't know what any of this is. I don't know if it's high. I don't know if it's moderate. I don't know. I don't know. You need to be able to have a backbone and stand up for yourself and ask questions to your coach. And you also need to, again, take some ownership and do your own research. Because if I told you to go jump off a bridge, are you going to do it? If I told you just, you know, jump in front of traffic, are you just going to do it? You know, and yeah, I know that we assume that our coach has our best interests at heart, but that's sometimes not the case because our coach's ultimate job is to bring us in at our best to win. And sometimes maybe
0: it takes that protocol to do that. But on the flip side, is it worth it? And this is one one of the most important things that I, I consider with, with any athlete and best piece of advice that I can give is when you go into you know hiring a coach and you're preparing for bodybuilding. And if your goal genuinely is to be the most successful that you possibly can be, you need to first have that conversation with yourself and ask, what am I willing to sacrifice and what am I not? And if you can have Absolutely. that clarity going into it, then you're going to be aligning yourself with the goal that you have with an understanding of, because again, Absolutely. when you're in prep, everything becomes amplified. And so you get so focused on that outcome that you can be persuaded one way or the other. And so if you don't have that grounding thing and, and I'll write it down or ask my clients to write it down. So that you can reflect on that even in the deepest, darkest moments where you're depleted and everything feels so massive to you in that moment because you've become so invested. This is what I was willing to sacrifice, and this yep. is my boundary. And if you so, have that conversation you with your with your coach, they should be on that same page and know, okay, I can push this athlete this far, but this is yep. the cutoff.
1: So when, when you have that, you nailed it on the head. And that's something that I, you know, hasn't been touched on is you need to stay true to you. Okay, and you need to have uh, morals and an ethical compass and know how to navigate through that. So if you are completely unaware of what these drugs are, you first and foremost should make a list. Here's what I am willing to take. Here's what I'm possibly open to. Here's what absolutely hell no. Hell freezes over. I'm never touching it. And I have had that list since day one. Have I wavered on that list? Absolutely. Has it turned out in my favor? Almost never. Mm. So, you know, you, you have some leeway, obviously, because let's say things are going good and you're on the mild list and you're like, okay, everything's great. You know, no side effects. Let's try the things that I am questionable about and see how that goes. Okay. That, you know, I, I responded well to that. Um, and then your coach put something on your plan and it was something that you absolutely said from day one, I'm never touching it. Well, let's say you decide to. Some of these side effects are irreversible, okay? So again, like you said, you have to really ask yourself, is it worth it? Because it might sound like it is in a moment, but you're not thinking clearly. You are thinking about the short-term results to get you that win. You're not thinking about after the stage, when you get off stage about what's going to happen in the weeks and months to come or years that it could take off your life. You know, when you're 70 and you find out you have a heart condition and it's probably from all the clen you put in your body when you were competing. So yes. if you don't value your life, then go for it. If you do value your life, then smarten and wise wisen up and open your eyes.
0: And I think for a lot of people, you have to consider, uh, especially if you have a family, that you have more important and bigger things to show up for. And if you're willing to push your body to a place that it might not recover from, you were talking about a story where a girl has to have open heart surgery um, that is going through a massive debilitating change due to very extreme protocols. And again, in the moment- 30 years
1: old and has an 11-year-old son.
0: And imagine now that you can't show up your best because of a choice that you made. And again, we talk and when you about say this- you can't show up your best, you don't mean on stage. You mean every day as day. I'm a talking person. about as who you are, because yeah, I also exactly. think a lot of people lose their identity in this sport. You oh, a bigger than
1: percent. You just gave me chills all over my whole body because we are chasing. Okay, you you should always strive for perfection, right? Knowing. You're never going to achieve it. There's no such thing. Okay. With that being said, if your dreams and goals don't scare you, they're probably not big enough, True. but you sometimes have to kind of like have a reality check here mm-hmm. because not everyone is going to be Miss Olympia. So like, maybe you need to really think about your potential and be honest with yourself and be like, okay, Yes, I really want this, but is it in the cards for me? Probably not. So since it's probably not, is it really worth taking X, Y, and Z and, and potentially having these lasting you know, side effects? The answer is no, it's, it's not because you're not going to be competing forever. This is a short sin of your life. You, know, you have plenty of years after competing, even if you compete into your, I've got a 62-year-old bikini client just competed this past weekend. And she won. Um, so even if you compete in your sixties, you know, you still got 20 years, probably after that, if that though, if, if you take a bunch of PEDs, you're and and not just PEDs, honestly, diuretics will kill you faster than anything, but you're, you're, you're you're playing with the devil here.
0: Yeah. And 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 that's why,
1: I mean, let's think about this. That's why it's illegal.
0: But that's what I'm saying is like, again, we talk, we can openly talk talk about these things, but again, like this is not legal and it's, it's banned for reasons. You have to have prescriptions for a reason. Doctors will prescribe certain things for a reason because you need it in a very specific dose at a very specific time for a very specific context dependent situation. And so when you start to dabble with things, especially again, like it's not just the protocol that's dangerous. It's the lack of education around it and the proper supplementation that has your body isn't going to be depleted of something. When you throw something into it, that's not supposed to be there. And if you're not, correcting that and supplementing with that appropriately, that's going to leave long-term issues that are going to cascade themselves and domino into the rest of your life. I think people lose perspective. There is a 10,000 foot perspective that we lose in bodybuilding. And that's where it goes back to what are you willing to sacrifice? And what are you not? And having that list. And because again, when you are depleted and focused and determined and passionate, you lose sight Which is good to be like that. Absolutely. But you can't just lose sight and get so lost that you're compromising the longevity and the quality of the rest of your life outside of it.
1: And again, like I said, you've really got to be honest with yourself.
0: You know, um,
1: it it all comes back to genetics and there's a reason why, first of all, only what 5% of the population even does bodybuilding. And only like 1% is actually good at it. And like, you know, the top and the best of the best. And those people are genetic freaks. And a lot of times those people are taking the least. For instance, Shanique Grant, DLB, Juliana Malicarne, multiple Olympia wins. The least amount of your DLB claims and is supposedly and always has been natural. And if she's not, I guarantee you she probably only took like 10 milligrams of Anabar ever.
0: You can tell by looking at her physique. You can tell by looking at her now years after competing. And this is where people get lost in the comparison game, right? We idolize. Comparison is
1: the thief of of joy. First, It absolutely
0: is. And it also sets you up to be disappointed because you're you're setting yourself up with unrealistic Expectations. expectations. Yeah. You will never be somebody else. Like I have this conversation with myself all the fucking time. I love bodybuilding. I love the journey. I love the mental fortitude required to make it through the days. I genuinely do it because I love it. If I ever want to be an IFBB pro or top pro, like I think I could get into the pro league. I don't think I'll ever be a fucking standout. Like I'm not there. That is the truth. I'm just, I'm real. with It's where just not I like am. it's
1: not in the cards for you, but you've accepted that, but you're also aware of it. You're not going to push the envelope.
0: Right. So like I have my limitations. Like this is where I'm willing to go. This is absolutely fucking not. Because I know at the end of the day. People forget that.
1: I know it sounds super cliche. This is you versus you. Even though you're up there on stage lined up against other women. And it's so subjective because it's humans judging humans. It is still you versus you. Yes. Every day when you get up and every decision you make. It is you Versus you. And it all comes back to mentality, mental fortitude, your mental strength. And honestly, the people that are, you know, trying to like cheat the system, but I don't want to say cheat the system, but they think they have people that have the mentality, like I'm going to take all this stuff to get, to get a leg up. That's not the right mentality to have. You should be thinking, I'm going to work harder on my nutrition, harder. I'm going to do cardio with intent. I'm going to, um, I'm going to hire a personal trainer that actually going to push me in person. Like there are so many other avenues that you should and could take to become better before you, you're like, nope, I'm just going to take all this stuff to beat these people in my
0: lineup. Exactly. And this is where, and and this is my opinion, but I think you lose what bodybuilding is genuinely about when you focus on the outcome, you're missing the process to me. I love that. That is the most beautiful part of the entire sport, right? I'm getting half a percent better every single fucking day because I show up and I give my best and I try to be better than I was yesterday. And that and is going- why
1: like something that I, um, it took me a long time to learn this in bodybuilding, but I stopped thinking about how I was going to look on stage. I stopped thinking about what I was gonna look like four weeks out or how I should feel, you know, you know, six weeks out or comparing my old prep to this prep. I just started really being present in the now and only thinking about what I need to do today. And then even breaking it down from there. Like when we get off the phone, I need to go take my supplements and I need to go do fasted cardio and I need to do meal one. That's all that I need to think about. I don't need to think about how, you know, on Wednesday I might be out of fish and I might have to go to the grocery store for it. That will happen on Wednesday. Yeah, Does that make can. sense?
0: Yes. And it's it's about showing up, checking the boxes. And again, the thing I love about the sport is the integrity required to accomplish the goal. Either you did the work or you didn't, but your coach isn't there over your shoulder watching you knowing that you did the work or you didn't or how hard you're working or you're not. That is 100%, lack on, integrity, you. So 100% lack, on you. 100% on you. And if you don't have integrity
1: right there, then, I mean, you're kind of like a lost cause and you probably shouldn't even be doing this. And and that's the other thing too. Like, I really, truly think that a lot of people are doing this for the wrong reasons. And a lot of people have a lot of unhealed trauma and they're trying to cover it up by working on their physical and um, seeking validation. And they need to be in therapy rather than trying to get a six pack.
0: And one of the biggest things that I'll say, and I think again, like bodybuilding has become something that people want to think is for everybody, but bodybuilding is fucking bodybuilding. And back to the genetic aspect of it, the elite are the elite because they're genetic fucking freaks. Like that is the beauty of what it is. It's an art, it's a thing. And you know, doing it because you want likes on Instagram and to be in a bikini and to look glamorous for one day, but you half ass the entire journey. That is not bodybuilding.
1: Yeah. Think of the word bodybuilding, right? Now take off, you know, I-N-G, bodybuild. Now flip it, building your body. So what do you want to build your body to become? A high performance machine or reckless and dangerous, um, unhealthy, you know, pumping it full of, toxins that you know nothing about, like you really have to think about what bodybuilding means to you Mm -hmm. and what, you know, we all have inspiration. We all have, you know, people that we admire or look up to that motivate us or that we would aspire to be like, right. What, what do you think those people are willing to sacrifice or do to be at the level that they're at? You know, again, it's it's moral compass.
0: You know, and it's having and that honest conversation with yourself. This is where people I'm don't at. do that.
1: People don't do that. Nobody sits and self-reflects. Nobody uh nobody does that. But they need to. They need yeah. to. We all and need to do is... a lot of things every day that we um, you know, kind of brush under the rug, or or we'll get to it later. I do it all the time. You know, procrastinate
0: pride. or you know.
1: Just find a distraction
0: like that. The world right now is full of distractions. You don't want to handle an issue that, you know, you need to handle. Just go on Instagram. It'll take away 20, 30. And and usually,
1: you know, the more that you kind of brush things under the rug, it it, it kind of stacks up. Eventually you can't just keep putting stuff under the rug because eventually that rug is going to get, you know, piled high and then it's going to, you know, everything's going to be seeping out. Mm -hmm. So it's going to affect your life in so many other facets and ways, because you didn't handle your business correctly with your life. You didn't take care of your mental, you didn't take care of your emotional, your physical, um, but you have the power to. So it really comes back to, again, lack of knowledge, lack of self-respect, lack of self-worth, and holding yourself accountable you That's are accountable. People, for- like people don't sit down before they, when they have a goal, right? People don't sit down and actually think about what it's going to take to reach that goal. They're just ready to do whatever it takes to get there.
0: That's what they say. But then again, you have to realize like, and people will say, I'll do whatever it takes. Now yeah, there whatever are it takes. aggressive protocols. There are aggressive protocols and bodybuilding in principle on some level for a period of time is going to be very aggressive. Everybody's going to go through. But at what period. point
1: is enough enough? Like for you and everyone's different because like what I'm willing to do is gonna be different than what you're willing to. Correct. You have to know when enough is enough for you. You know, what your limits truly are. And if you don't know what they are, I mean, I'm sure there's forums. I'm sure that there's platforms like I'm creating right now where I've interviewed lots of pros and other athletes and there's podcasts now. Like you're doing your cardio, you can be listening to this stuff. At the same time and educating yourself and opening your eyes, you know, like that's, I just can't stress enough how knowledge is power and ignorance is not bliss. Being ignorant literally is immature. So you're like an adult baby child, like man child acting like that.
0: Yeah, going into again, we're talking about bodybuilding here. And and I need to go ahead and just say, I don't know where the idea that bodybuilding is healthy ever came out, uh, but that is completely incorrect. You are not like healthy. Like the least
1: healthy sport that there is.
0: You are not healthy engaging uh, next in bodybuilding. Probably
1: like ballet or something, you know?
0: Yeah, no, it's extreme. It is an extreme sport. And again, this is why it is not for everybody. You are This is why to- it's
1: not mainstream as well.
0: Yeah. Because you are going to have to go through aggressive periods. It should not be prolonged. You're pushing Um,
1: your body beyond its limits that it wants to do naturally. Your body doesn't want to be in the single digit body fat percentage. Your body doesn't need to be your body goes into um, survival mode and it's going to fight you. And then you're going to try to push it and push it and push it to keep going. But at a certain point, you need to pull back. Like I just, I just ended my season early. I wanted to continue. I wanted to do Savannah next weekend or two, whenever it is. I wanted to go to the Olympia. I'm qualified. I'm qualified for the Olympia. That is my dream. And I'm not going, you know why? Because I'm not going to push it anymore. I've already prepped for 21 weeks. I did three shows in five weeks and I wanted to do another show. That means I was going to have to continue to push my body, continue to take gear for even longer, which I'd already been doing for way too long. And I didn't want to get burnout to where I would rebound for a long time, gain a bunch of weight, hate training, not want to go to the gym. Like for every action, there's a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. It's the pendulum law. So you really have to sit and think if I do this, what's what is going to happen like what is the response going to be
0: and if the answer is i don't know then you need to sit down and really consider the actual in the first place
1: you, need to find, um, if you don't know find out
0: yeah so i actually want to dive into t- find out Absolutely. I want to dive into this prep. I want to dive into your journey. So I yeah. know that you've talked about, you know, the extreme protocols that you were given, um, and, and kind of how that manifested itself. So can you walk me through the initial phases of your prep, kind of how that started and go really in depth. I mean, for our listeners, um, and even for myself on an educational basis, like what supplements you took, what you took to aid in that, right. What support supplements so that you took.
1: We're talking about one specific prep that led to this extreme diuretic protocol, correct?
0: Yes. Okay.
1: So this particular season, I did a show. I looked the best I'd ever looked, and then I was told by the judges that I needed to come in a little tighter in the glutes and hams. So I had five more weeks to my next show. I create we, my coach and I created a game plan. Um, we were doing that, and then all of a sudden, at two weeks out, my coach went MIA. Couldn't get a hold of him. So as my natural instinct, I start to panic. I start to freak. So I turned to, um, someone who's very well known in the industry, produces a ton of top Olympians and, and pro winning athletes and physiques. I turned to him and I said, I need your help. I've got two weeks. I'm super far behind and watery because I've been panicking and my cortisol is all messed up. And what do I do? And he's like, I really don't like rush preps, but I'll help you out. Um, sends me a protocol. I send pictures, sends me a protocol right away. I get to work. I don't question it. I give him as much information as possible. Communication is everything. And it was, and it was working. Um, I get to, I get about three days out. I travel, I travel where I need to go for my show. And um, well, prior to that, we started diuretics at 10 days out.
0: Okay. Were you taking anything at all to supplement with the diuretic protocol that you were utilizing?
1: I mean, other than just your standard basic supplements, you know, like a multi, a fish oil, things like that. I mean, nothing in, in addition to like, no, you know, I wasn't like taking extra potassium or taurine or, um, things that could combat what, you know, the diuretic is doing. Um, so not that I recall. Again, I just did what I was told to do. That was on paper and an email sent to me. Okay. Um, So 10 days out, I started diuretic. Never done that before. I've taken diuretics, obviously, but it's usually the night before a show. So I'm looking at this protocol and I'm like, damn, I'm going to be peeled. Like I'm starting a diuretic that far out. Wow. That must be the trick to taper it up. That makes sense. You know, like let's start it really far out. We're slowly going to pull water and we're going to increase the dosage. And I'm just going to keep getting drier and drier and drier. And then I get to Florida and we start another diuretic. So now we're on two and I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Like this must be the winning ticket. So water is coming off, coming off, coming off. I'm sending pictures. I'm flat. I, I have, I'm a genetic freak. Um, if you look at my pictures, I have really round full muscle bellies. I don't go flat. You can deplete me on no carbs for 12 weeks. I don't go flat. I was flat. And then I was told to take a third different type of diuretic. That's a loop diuretic that they administered through IVs in the hospital under multiple doctors supervision. I had no idea I knew it was strong. I was told by my source, hey, this is stronger than Lasix. Be careful. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, he's monitoring me literally after every meal. I'm taking pictures, sending them. So I'm just going to trust the process. Trust the process. That's what everybody says.
0: Trust the the biggest crock of shit you can ever do not trust it. If it if it's not familiar to you and you're not educated in it, don't just blindly trust it. The
1: process is tentative as fuck. The process changes every day based on how you're looking and feeling. But the
0: process is different should. for everybody. Every single person. Exactly. Pro- so what
1: process? So are you I talking take this about? third. I take this. Okay, let me let me stop the whole story is on my IGTV. So the whole like story of this specific incident is on my IGTV. So this is kind of a summary of what happened. So anyway, so I take the third diuretic. So now I'm on three different kinds all at once. I take the third one, I'm getting my tan put on. And all of a sudden it was like, whoosh, it was like my soul left my body. I cannot even stand up. I'm hunched over. I'm having an out of body experience. I can't breathe. I can't really move. It's all I can do to stand. I'm getting my tan put on bent over a table because I can't stand up physically. And my boyfriend at the time looked at me. He's like, I've never seen you look like this. I've never seen anyone look like this. You look like you're staring death in the face. So that, that night I was terrified to go to sleep. Terrified, you know? And so... I didn't, I didn't sleep the night before when you need the most sleep to be rested and and recovered and prepared for the show. I didn't sleep. I was nervous. I was not nervous about the show. I was nervous that my heart was going to cramp up and I was going to die and I was not going to make it to the stage. Dead honest, I was nervous. So instead of falling asleep, I just went ahead and got up. I went ahead and just slowly started the getting ready process. I sat down to get ready in front of the mirror. And then I said, check in videos. And then, um, Anyway, fast forward, I get to um, prejudging. I text my coach and I said, it's really hot back here. I feel like I'm going to faint or pass out. No response. Get on stage. Get first call out. Get off stage. Fall to the ground. Medics come over. Take my blood pressure. Put ice packs around me. Monitor me for 30 minutes. I text my coach. I'm with the medics. Response, don't take in any potassium. What do the medics want to do? I didn't have time to answer. I'm with the medics. Um, I had a Gatorade that Gatorade could have saved my life looking back. I'm not really sure, but I remember at a certain point I was on the phone with my coach and he's, he's like, no fluids, no fluids, no fluids. So go back to the hotel between, or the room between pre-judging and finals. I was told to take more diuretic. I don't remember at this point, cause this is three years ago or two years ago. I don't remember if I actually did take more. I remember I was almost out of it and i had like he wanted me to take a half and i have like just a half left i could have taken it i don't remember this part um because you know i just don't um let's say i did i survived let's say I didn't i survived um but i remember looking at my pictures when they came out and i was like wow that's that doesn't even look like me like my sh- my shape was gone my muscle bellies were like not round or full. I just, I looked awful, even though it was the highest I ever placed. You have to not even consider that because every different is every lineup is different. Okay. So I could have placed way worse. Had there been a different lineup? I could have been placed way better had there been a different lineup. So placing is irrelevant in this situation. Um, I didn't even want to, I didn't even post a majority of my stage pictures because I was slightly like not embarrassed, but like, I was like, what, what am I looking at? Like I was supposed to come in better, leaner, tighter, fuller, drier, better. And I looked really bad. Like, and as a professional athlete, like I didn't want to put that out there, you know, but at the time I didn't even like, you know, because I survived the situation, I didn't think that the situation was that extreme. It wasn't until I heard Elena's passing and it kind of like all the dots were connected for me. And I, it was so surreal because her story is so similar, except she died. And I was like, "Oh my God, I could have died. Oh my God, my daughter would not have a mother. Oh my God, it, it, do, would it have been my fault? Would, would it have been my coach's fault? Would my family be, you know, coming after my coach for the protocol, you know and, and filing a lawsuit? Like all these things are going through my head, and I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm here. Whether or not I have underlying conditions from it or not, I I now need to know and find out because for instance, lady that you were talking about that, um, might have to have open heart surgery. She didn't find out about all this medical issues and stuff until nine months later. So nine months after she wins her pro card and does this protocol, she now finds out she'll never be able to compete again. She can't even work out. She is on complete bed rest. She can't get up and walk around because her resting heart rate is 140. Jesus. 9 months later. So it really it really brought a lot of self-awareness to me and what I have done and what I've been really willing to risk and lose because of lack of knowledge, because of not asking questions, because of um blind trust in 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 a person that I was paying to have my best interest at heart. And it really made me break it down to this simple thing. How can you write something up if you are knowledgeable and you know what you're talking about and what you're doing? How can you write up a protocol knowing damn well this is enough to kill a person and hit that send button?
0: Well, that's the question. It's a double-edged sword. Do they know? And I think that because the barrier to entry is so They don't know coaching. because they're, it's, it's, I was a guinea pig and it's trial and error,
1: you know? Well, and that's these- why, and that's why, you know, he, this client or this coach has so many of his clients that have success stories that are also combating and speaking out right now. Like, well, that didn't happen to me and I had great success and I've never had, I've never done this and I didn't have this. It doesn't matter for every one success story. I, in my inbox, have 20 horror stories.
0: And, and this is where I, I think it's important to point a couple things out. So one, we as consumers, right, you have to remember that where you're finding these coaches is probably social media. Do you think that they are sharing their losses? No, no. they're promoting <laughs> social their-
1: media is a highlight reel. And if you don't think
0: it is, then you're stupid. Correct. So they're going to promote their best athletes all the time. Yep. Right. Because they want you to believe that they produce every athlete and, and high caliber those athletes.
1: best athletes are probably, I don't want to say brainwashed, but those best best athletes are going to stand by the person that got them that success because those best athletes. It hasn't happened to them yet because if it had, they, they more than likely would be speaking out on it right now.
0: Right, and so one thing that I think that you shared on the last podcast, or someone had shared in that conversation, was that they coach like hundreds of athletes. So if they're showing you their top twenty, but they're coaching four hundred, where are the rest? Where are the three hundred and eighty that are missing? And so in that's my what d- inbox they're in my inbox. But that's what I'm saying is you see the highlight reel, but you have to remember that there are hundreds of other athletes that are working Again, this, and that they're not being shown. Open them up. If if a coach has
1: 400 clients, which is insane to me. I don't know. There's how do no that. way in hell. No way there. He's giving every single client, the love care and attention that that client an individual and human being deserves. This person is just a number, just Correct. a number. And that number is
0: dollar signs and money. Correct. Right. At some point you're sacrificing quality for quantity. And so that's, that's a big thing that I'm just saying is these top level coaches, because we as consumers, especially if you're in that element where you're like, I want to be a bikini pro, right? You're looking at them with goo goo eyes because you just think that they're going to make you, you that. Because you and see so, their
1: bikini pro? So you're like, he can make me look like that.
0: Right. And then you'll blindly follow what they're telling you to do because you believe, and you've made this in your God, head. That
1: must be what that person took
0: because that's what they look like. And this is what he's telling me to take,
1: or she's telling me to take.
0: Correct. Even if it's not logical, you make these things up in your head. And again, this comes back. You
1: rationalize the situation
0: because you're naive. Correct. And you want to believe that there's
1: you're very impressionable because you're very eager to get the results. You're eager and excited um to be your best and you're you're eager to work hard. And um you're how do I say it? You're I just lost my train of thought.
0: You're ignorant, is what. Oh yeah, absolutely. You are naive, and you are ignorant, and you are truly believing that this coach is the key to get you to this end goal. And again, this comes down to. And it might be.
1: I'm not here. I mean, there are good coaches. Absolutely. But they're also they're also good coaches. The coach that I'm talking about, he's a good coach. I think he's a good guy. We had great communication. We still talked last week twice, like full conversations. I, again, that it doesn't make him a bad person. It just, maybe he's completely unaware of the protocol himself, that it was that extreme and too much to um, program for someone, but he's not because we talked about it and he he's like, I'm sorry. And ever since then, I, you know, I haven't done it this way. That's a lie. But anyway, um, I think at a certain point in time, you have to ask yourself, am I really getting the attention that I need and deserve? And I will be honest I've been so busy with my own career and with my own, you know, clients getting ready for a show that I have neglected some other clients and I've lost a few because they've recognized that. And now I've, I've now, I just got goosebumps. I have, I have recognized that and I'm fully aware and I don't want to treat anyone like that. And I'm scaling back a yes. thousand percent. It's too much. And I, I don't want, I would rather have quality over quantity right now. If that means I have to get a part-time job doing something else, That is fine because I am never going to feel okay knowing I risked someone's health and put their life at stake or killed someone. I couldn't sleep with myself.
0: So I am very much, I I mean, my clients keep me up at night. That's just how, how much I care. But I also understand that I can only continue to give that much attention to every client if I limit my client load. So I, I absolutely and always have had a threshold. This is where I feel best. I'm in a groove. I'm giving everybody the attention that they need. Right. Where you're optimally myself. performing. Yeah. Right. But I'm also not spreading myself too thin because again, yeah. I am a person, I'm a human being and I have other elements of my life to show up to. Um, but back to the point uh, that I was making is it's not necessarily saying that any coach is bad, right? There's a million different ways to skin a cat. Um, yep. And each of them can have different thresholds. I know coaches that can work with 200 people. And I know coaches that only work with 50 um, and everything is going to vary. So it's not saying that the number is bad, but on some level um, it's, it's hard. And, and honestly, if you're genuinely paying attention to every single person, thoroughly screening them, having conversations, follow-ups, it's hard to do that with 400 people. Um, so just understanding. It's hard that-
1: to do it with a hundred people.
0: Oh, I know. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to give that person that. So just remember that as, as a client, um, there is accountability on your end as well, right? Doing the research, looking into coaches, um, and you know what
1: else talking to former clients, yes. Or even talking to, even talking to clients that, you know, they just simply went another direction. They didn't necessarily have a bad, you know, um, time with that specific coach. They just went another direction. Let's hear what they have to say. Let's, let's hear what current clients have to say. Let's hear what, um, former clients that
0: had a bad experience have to say again, knowledge is power. The more, you know, and there's always, again, there's, there's a lot of coaches out there and sometimes it's a fit issue. Sometimes you need different communication. Sometimes people are very cut and dry. And 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 I was just telling someone yesterday, like, yeah, not everyone is going to work well together
1: and that's completely fine. Like, I'm allowed to fire a client and they're allowed to fire me and we can part ways and still be friends because it simply sometimes just isn't a good fit. Right. The communication is off, the vibe is off, the energy is off, and that's okay. You know, and I want to be in a position where, you know, if I'm not able to help you, I can give you a list of
0: potential coaches who can. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that's also where as coaches, like there is a community here. Um yeah. we do, you know. Communicate back and forth. We do ask, you know, what do you do in this situation, or you know, what do you? I learn something
1: new every day, and a lot of times it's because I'm
0: an athlete as well, and I'm asking questions. Yeah, and you should be right because, again, as a coach, I'm not just
1: a coach; I'm an athlete, and I I want to learn. A because I want to be a
0: better athlete, but I want to be a better coach, and I want to be a better person. And there's, there's so many elements to all of those things, but I, I think it, one really important thing for me and I'm a nerd, my clients know I'm a nerd, right. Is education, right. Around any aspect, because there's so much, the more I learn, the more I, I, I learned that I don't know shit, right. There's so much yeah. to learn and it's so complex and there are so many levels. And like oh, I yeah. said, there are a million different ways to skin a cat. And, and what, at the end of the day, no one writing these protocols
1: is legally even allowed to be doing it
0: correct. And that's I why care every care host disclaimer. I don't
1: care what education you have, unless you are a doctor, even a dietitian, nope. A pharmacologist. Yes. That's it. Like none of these people should even be writing. I shouldn't even be writing anything. And that's what even I'm saying. I have a personal training cert- certification and a nutrition certification. That's it. it. That's it.
0: Yeah. And it's important for people to understand it. It's and all growth science
1: it's all bro science. It's all trial and error based off of previous client experiences or your own personal experience. And if you're going to say otherwise, then you need to get fucking real.
0: I think that there's a very important element where it's important for people to understand physiology and how certain things like how they operate in the body and what consequences that could have. But even And again, we are education- all uniquely
1: different in so, in, in so many ways, but we're also very alike in so many ways. And I think people are so busy comparing themselves to others. They forget that you are, you're a miracle. We're all miracles, right? But as
0: much alike as we are, we're even more different. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, there are so many things like it just makes it very interesting. But this is why, again, like people are like, oh, evidence based. Well, that's great. But you have to remember that anecdote is always going to precede of, Yep, It's always going to precede it. It takes a very long time. And I've worked in research. I have published. That's why things. I say it's trial it's- and
1: error, because, you know, when they're running these um, blind studies. Every How single them is, is going to have a different result.
0: But not even that. It's context dependent. How many people are actually studying bodybuilders? It's, it's right. you know, it's very hard to get research and, in that and, area. And then you
1: have, and then you break it down into even more. Like you have people that have, um, Underlying medical conditions, you have people who are taking prescription medication for this, that, or the other. And then you're talking about like drug interactions. Like there's so many things and factors that come into play here. And it's so specific that you cannot pinpoint, you know, like you cannot be like, well, I got bad gear. So that could have been what led me to, you know, uh, having a rebound on my diuretics, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, just stop, just
0: stop. And this Without. is where it comes down to personal accountability. Again, what am I willing to sacrifice, and what am I not? Am I willing? You to need know to. Know,
1: everyone needs to know that there is nothing
0: absolute. Nothing is absolute. Yep. You can. You can speculate what might happen based on what you know, but even- you really can't. You really can't.
1: But you really can't because even though it happened, okay. Don't like. Don't look at people that have success stories. Don't even look at that look at yourself. Okay. Just because you had a good experience and a good um, response one time doesn't mean the next time is going to be the exact same either. Every prep is different. Yep. Okay. Your, your metabolism changes. Everything changes. Your cells change. Okay. So you can't every single time you have to, it's a blank slate. It's completely starting over from scratch. Forget everything you thought, you know, you don't know shit
0: about dick that is what I, that's what I'm saying is the more, you know, the more you realize you don't know anything at all. Um, and it's important. Like I said, I think the biggest takeaway from any of it is just make sure you realize and understand what it is you are and aren't willing to sacrifice. And don't you ever be afraid to advocate for yourself or ask questions. Yeah. And I, it comes back to
1: knowing yourself, knowing your limits, having a game plan, heart to heart with yourself before you have the heart to heart with your coach. When you're hiring a coach, there needs to be an interview process. They need to interview you and you need to interview them. And I just got goosebumps again because I, I always, when I get a new inquiry, this is just my system. This is just what works for me. I, I get a new inquiry. The first thing I do is send a general questionnaire. I ask them to fill that out thoroughly, take their time, take two days to do a food log send me pictures. Then after I've collected all of that, then we do a phone consult that usually takes an hour. Then after that, I want to take a day or two for each of us to think about whether or not it's going to be a good fit, how I would proceed. And then I share that with the person. Then it's up to them, whether they hire me or not. And then and we I, get to work.
0: And I think that's so important because I always know, I, I mean, I know there are coaches that are like very salesy on the phone. Like this is the There's person people that sign are up just now. like,
1: send me, send me 500 bucks in your picture and I'll write a plan.
0: Yeah, no, and I can't do that. I literally will tell people, please do not make a decision right now as we're talking on the phone. I have a conversation with your night. family, have a conversation yeah. with yourself. And then when you have the clarity and the confidence to move forward, then we can talk about how we'll
1: I get. literally had someone in my DM last night ask me about my coaching and my price. And he was like, Is there like a six month, you know, option? And I told him he's like, Okay, I'm ready to pay right now. I'm like, whoa, 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 pump nope. the brakes. I know nothing about you. Nothing. Yeah. And then I was like, here's the questionnaire. fill it out. He fills out right away, sends it back. And then he's like, okay, now what? And I'm like, he's really eager, which is great, which is awesome. But I have to now pump the brakes for him because his willingness is, is going to rush the process and things will be overlooked and skipped. And I have to stick to
0: how I operate. And there is the integrity. There are the boundaries, right? And there is going, hey, I know you're excited and I'm excited for you, but I want to make sure that we're on the same page. We're going to work well together. I have to dot
1: all my I's and cross all my T's, but I still have to know that I'm never going to know everything about this person because even if
0: I tell someone to do something, I don't know that they're not doing more or less than. Integrity. It goes back to what we were saying. Either you check the boxes or you didn't and your coach is not there to watch over you. Make sure you did or didn't do the work exactly. So uh, this, I'm just
1: going to say this right now, this is probably the best podcast and the most information that I've yet to have and do. And I hope this one really goes out and gets spread.
0: And I'm so excited that you said that I'm, yeah, that means a lot. I know that you've done a lot of interviews, but I, I really think. Yeah. I have means... another one
1: today. I like for something like that. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I want this. Once this person, I'll definitely make sure that I send you the link to share it with your audience. Yeah. I think this perspective is. This incredible. is great. Important for people to hear. So thank you so much. And, and I'm that's not talking in
1: circles about things that I've already covered. This is, this is a really good piece for everyone
0: that everyone awesome. I'm really excited. So I'll probably get this up. Uh, it'll probably go up tomorrow. So, okay. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Cool. So please plug your information where people can find you, um, and all of that right now so that I can go ahead and list it below as well. You guys will be able to see that in the links here. Uh, but okay. Steph- look at
1: me and smile. I'm going to do a screenshot. Oh, that was cute.
0: Um, yeah,
1: send me your information so I can just get people excited to be on the lookout for this as well because um, we we went into a lot, I think we covered things that again people have not talked about yet.
0: Yeah, and that's so fucking
1: important and so exciting. Mm-hmm. So um, perspective is everything and um, there's there's so much more depth to all of this that we just really uncovered and hopefully opened people's eyes to.
0: Yeah, I try to bring, you know, again, self-accountability, but that 10,000-foot perspective that people will miss focusing on the little things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we need to broaden our perspective and look more in depth. But then we also need to simplify things and just look at them for what they are. Correct. Yeah.